we're back. Welcome to Abstractable. I am Lockie and with me is Ryan. And the Abstractable podcast is for, I guess it's for people who are trying to make their mark on the world and kind of learning how to do that. And, you know, we certainly fit into that category. So today we're going to talk about, I guess, a reflection on the last 10 episodes. So episodes 11 to 20. And it's called the abstract chat number two. And it's kind of a follow on from the first one we did. Yeah. And so it is an opportunity for us to discuss what were the books or documentaries or whatever it is that we discussed in the last 10 episodes becomes a, becomes a chance for us to really try and draw out the thematic elements and the, you know, the key concepts and the things that have really stuck in our own minds. And then a few Bits of housekeeping, even at the end, just a chance for us to reflect on our podcasting journey and and what this is uh, so far. So, if you um if you want to jump in and, and join us for for the story, then uh, have a listen and and we hopefully hopefully we'll be able to draw out a few uh, nice thematic elements across all the episodes that we've done uh, in the last ten. So, don't forget you can find full video from this episode on YouTube and uh, check out our website, abstractable.co. We hope you enjoy. And we are back. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, Lockie? Good, thanks. Good. You? I just asked. Marvellous. Marvellous, mate. I asked you twice. So uh, tell me, what are you reading? What are you reading at the moment? It sounds like a loaded question, mate. It sounds like you already know the answer. Well, we all we we know that we both read a lot of books at the same time, so it, you could answer one of many things. So. Uh, so I've just, funnily enough, I've just started uh, listening to. Uh, it's called Mademoiselle Chanel, which is the story of Coco Chanel, and wow, I had to. That's cool. Yeah, it and it. We've probably, I've probably been listening, or I'm actually listening to it with Jazzy, but we're probably about a third of the way through and it's, it's pretty incredible. It's mm. an incredible, incredible story so far. And How long's the audio? Uh, it's probably 13, 13 to 15 hours. So, which is, t- that, okay. that tends to be the, the sweet spot for a lot of biographies I've noticed. Some, some like the Jordan, the Jordan doco, which uh, was funnily enough, one of the last 10 episodes was, I think that was like 22 or three or four hours from memory. Yeah. That was a solid, solid slog. Yeah, that's decent. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long episode. Um, I have just finished reading this. How Innovation Works. Mm. Matt Ridley. Yeah, excellent, excellent book. Okay, uh, what's what's the a, what's what's the synopsis, Lucky? Well, it's it's about how innovation works. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, so it's actually look. I'm not going to give too much away because it's the topic of the first of our new type of episodes. Aha, gotcha. So. I'll just leave that there. We might talk about that a bit more as we get a bit further into this episode. Little hook, a little hook left in the yeah. uh, in the water, mate, dangling there. That's it. So this is the abstract chat two. So we did 
one uh, at the end of the first 10 episodes are recorded and we've kind of decided to do one every 10 episodes to kind of reflect on what we've kind of got from all the books and stuff we've read and what's happening with the podcast and what's happening with us. Yeah, it's like a little it's a little personal update you know, on the podcast. So expect to see them around every 10 episodes and it's a chance for us to yeah, distill hopefully uh, the things that are still resonating with us from the last 10 mm. episodes uh, or what what is kind of, you know, stayed in our minds across those last 10 episodes and and then also a bit of housekeeping yeah. uh, towards so, the end. Yeah, so that's it. So a little disclaimer, uh, there's some crossover between what we talked about in the last episode because the first abstract chat we've kind of changed up the order of the releases a little bit in our kind of when we're starting up the podcast. So, for example, we'll probably talk a little bit about Let My People Go Surfing, which was also talked about in the the last episode. But you know what? We're not perfect, so get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and look, to be honest, I think Let My People Go Surfing deserves a mention in each. uh, That's it. Because it was such a good book. Exactly. So tell me, let's take that as a lead in. What has been your kind of favourite book or books from the last 10 episodes, episodes 11 through 20? We've covered, we've covered a fairly like broad range of books, mm. like reflecting on the last, the last 10. And uh, it's great to see a few, there's been quite a few kind of documentaries or sorry, biographical style narratives in there as well, which has been quite mm. exciting because they've, they've made for some really good stories. Uh, for me though, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, The War of Art tops it off in the last 10, last 10 episodes for me. And I think that was episode, episode 11 from memory. And if not, I'm sure you'll correct me. The and I'll I'll just try and correct you right now as I look it up. Yeah, fact fact check, Lockie. So War of Art for me, and I we already said let my people go surfing. That was a definite uh, definite highlight in the last ten episodes. And episode thirteen, the War of Art was. Ah, it's too off. So episode yeah. thirteen was. I don't even know what episode eleven was, but those two it those was. two books. Mm, Range. Range. That's why I had episode 11 in my head because my third book was Range. <laughs> so Fantastic. Which was also a book that we did touch on in, in Abstract Chat 1, but we want to f- fix up this this out of syncness we've got. So they're both getting a mention for me in this episode. <laughs> That's it. So why did you pick those as opposed to, say, Jordan or Jiro? Or some of the latter ones, such as Creativity Inc. or Twenty Two Laws. Yeah, the, these, th- in fact, these three all kind of sit on the same theme for me. And to be honest, I actually think there's there's a few other episodes in there that that kind of sit in that space for me as well. I, or for example, Jordan. Yeah, the Jordan episode was definitely one of those. And this was this is really about people sticking to their to their passions or people finding their passions and placing that at the highest priority 
uh, in what they were doing in their pursuit. So the war of art was really about the journey of of the artist, but the artist was a very broad term in the in the context of the book. You know, an artist being a entrepreneur, an artist being a painter, an artist being a musician, an artist being whatever it is that that you want to to get involved in. You know, heck, a a, a software developer. I'm sure would fit the uh, fit the bracket for artists in Something this Something creative almost it was it seemed to be some yeah. creative endeavor. But argu- arguably anything could be creative mate. So you could you could look at like a a physicist, a theoretical physicist. Those guys have to be pretty damn creative, don't they? Yeah, or yeah, particularly I think to it's, make progress. it's got a yeah, exactly, it's got a really broad application. Yeah. And so that was that was that was really about the persisting journey of of following that that deep passion and and finding it was almost like listening to the gut and and you know mm. pursuing what the gut says and then you see the kind of incarnation of that play out in let my people go surfing with Yvonne Chenard Mr founder of Patagonia where all he wanted to do was go rock climbing and that was the you know, that was, that was his life, you know, and then he quick shortly after that goes on to, you know, buy his own little anvil and forgery that he takes around in the back of his van just so that he can make pittons, which is the thing that you used to hammer it or used to hammer into the, uh, the cliff face and use those to uh, allow him to climb up the walls. But he, he did that so that he not only could he use them for himself, but so that he could sell them. And then shortly after, you know, Chouinard equipment was born out of that, which then eventually essentially evolved into Patagonia, the, the famous clothing brand we know. And all he was doing was creating stuff that would allow him and his, you know, both business colleagues slash friends slash outdoor ed buddies to uh, pursue their uh, their passions for for climbing and and outdoor stuff. Do what they love to do. Yeah, there's mm. there's certainly a trend on a few of these books about things that are just passions, but are quietly quite obscure at the time, becoming more mainstream over time. And because these guys have been there from the start, but also very are purists, they tend to be in a great position to kind of do what they love while actually running really successful businesses. So what why do you think that is, mate? Like what what do you think that is? What I think that is is actually the growth of the economy. So I think it can be like viewed for a bit from a macro thing where essentially you know as some as economies get bigger, they generally you get more specialised in what you do, but what you consume becomes a lot more broad. And um, this is something I've I've read. Um, and so essentially, people start to have there's more people, and so and because they've got more disposable income, and they also are able to have more broad interests. So the thing that is kind of esoteric in 1950 becomes a bit more popular and a bit easier to spread and and um, becomes a kind of a, it doesn't mean everything will get popular, but it's kind of the same reason 
I don't know. It seems to me to be sort of the same reason your house gets, or well, they're kind of connected. The reason that you, maybe your house goes up in value is the similar thing. It's just lots of people are around, and what what was kind of a block in the back of Baldwin. In 1940, you could purchase for two thousand dollars. Is now a very highly sought after piece of property because it's no longer the the wild west. So the wild the wild west of eastern eastern Melbourne, the wild yeah. east, <laughs> the wild east. Uh, yeah, does that kind of make sense? Uh, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think it does. I think I think maybe economic. The economic growth definitely has something to do with it because unless people have, I guess, the disposable income to go and do things like go rock climbing or the disposable income not just to purchase the equipment to do it but actually do something else other than working, for example. Hmm. So, for example, hmm. you know, to, to contrast, um, contrast that, I just mentioned that I was reading Mademoiselle Chanel and not to spoil that but – she was working like six days a week, 13 plus hours a day. And then they would have just enough time on their Sunday day off to go back, visit their grandparents slash parents. That's, that sounds weird, but that was legit. And um, yeah, (laughs) it's not as bad as what it sounds. And I'm not giving any more away. You just have to wait. And that's a good teaser. Yeah, nice. And um, uh, so, yeah. And then the, the Sunday, they would basically spend traveling back to their home town and then eat a meal, basically, because they weren't eating much during the week because they just couldn't afford to eat. And all their money was basically going to pay for the rent that they owed to the boss that they were um, renting their houses off um, who was also paying them like a pittance to, to be working all these hours, you know, and it was just this cycle. Yeah. And so yeah. as, you've, as you've struck on, Lockie, you know, the fact is uh, less and less people are doing that nowadays, whereas, uh, you know, there was definitely a time where that was commonplace. Yeah, that was that was very very commonplace. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so, it's interesting. Like, and that's that's not the upward mobility of that time was amazing, really, for f- f- during that period in the Western countries. Uh, and you can argue maybe you're seeing something similar in China at the moment. It is brutal on the people who are going through it. Um, mm. But the generation that comes after probably, um, you know, is able to kind of, I guess, benefit from all the hard work of the previous generation. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit on a really interesting point. Uh, so the just before that, so there's the economic bit, but the, I think there's also just the population side, the population growth and the technology side. So the population side, I think just, by having more people, you have more potential to have, instead of having one person interested in a particular niche interest, you know, mm. um, you might have 30 people and 30 people mm. is enough to make a little club and then we can get together on Thursdays and discuss, you know, uh, what our favourite 
What's what, what? What's your clown? Uh, the psycho psycho clown Ins- posse. In insane cl- insane clown posse. Uh, insane clown posse. So you know, you can continue to do that, Lockie, on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, you can find your tribe. You can find your tribe. Easier. And then yeah, with, the, so, with, the, with the advent of social media, you can now find your tribe on the other side of the world and have e-meetups, you know, online meetups. So you're not constrained by geography like we used to be. Yeah, because something, an idea or a technology or that, it spreads. So if the, if part of the thing that's growing is the ability to spread things quickly, you're going to get a lot more movement. And then if there's more people to pick that thing up in the first place and it's easier to ship and transport and you kind of get this natural swell, but because you were there early, you get this kind of, and you're a hardcore person who really enjoys it. Um, you're going to get this uplift as you go and you're one of the best because you're just fanatical about it. And I think you see that over and over again. Um, like Shoe Dog is a great example of that, which I hope we do an episode on that soon. That running was like this really obscure thing. That sounds – that is so strange, isn't it? The, yeah. the fact that running was like a it – was, it was almost like a weird thing to do. People that went running yeah. were weirdos. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, even you could argue basketball could before Jordan was more obscure. Now it was already like had a nice little uh, plateau, but you would say that, you know, he changed almost everything about that game. And what seems to happen is once it reaches a certain, particularly if you get the cultural piece right, it bleeds over into things that, have nothing to do with the initial purpose. Like Patagonia may be a good example of that. Nike was for runners. Now it's for everything, you know. Um, and Jordan was a cultural icon, you know. So yeah, um, the the well, one of the real big case in points there was uh, episode five, which was Total Recall. Now we're kind of spreading beyond here, but Total Recall weightlifting. Weightlifting was like almost taboo. It wasn't just mm. for weirdos. It was like taboo to to be a weightlifter for you know, some reason. Um, yeah, and then I think I think it has to do with like social conservativeness or something of that nature. And yeah, maybe and Dylan's so, an example of that too. Like, yeah, in his in his in the folk music is that episode twenty? Does that scrape in? That is episode twenty, so we can count it. Okay, uh, great, great. The the other one. What about Giro? Now, Jiro is a case of this, like pursuing his passion for sure. But how does he play into the growing swell? I guess perhaps he can charge a lot more than he used to perhaps, but he he didn't really scale because he didn't want to, I guess. Well, with with Jiro, he's he's subject to the exact same thing. So now, now you have like a cult following of people who go around the world just to dine at fancy restaurants, most of which have probably had an appearance on Chef's Table at some point in time. And mm. the fact and that your people- av- your average person on the other side of the world would have tasted sushi already, which perhaps wasn't the case back in the day, was it? Yeah. It's not a strange thing. And so for, you know, for you to now pass through, a, I don't know, a 7-Eleven or something and pick up a six-pack of sushi, 
and then go, how can, how can there be like a world-class version of this? Or what does a world-class version of this taste like? And, you know, if you've got enough interests and, and enough, you know, cash to get you over to Japan, then you can go do that. And in mm-hmm. fact, now you, you, you actually need more than that because to get into, into um, Jiro's restaurant, you need to be in the know, be in the click. So he's like, he's like added another layer of, you know, it's, it's a good marketing ploy, another layer of tension on top. It's yeah. harder for people to get inside. I would, I would say that one of my favorite books out of the last 20 was Daring Greatly. Now that was episode 10, so it doesn't quite count, but because we didn't talk about it in the last episode, I don't want it to get lost in the gaps because I enjoyed it so much. Mm. I think that the older people we're talking about kind of dared greatly to follow what they really cared about, didn't they? Um, and worried more about what was right for them. Um, I get the feeling even if they weren't successful, they would have been pretty content anyway. I sort of got that feeling with a few of them, except Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't count. He, 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 yeah, he's, he's a, separate, a separate case, I think. Oh, yeah, Jordan. The, the exception that proves the rule, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, I too loved The War of Art and and I really got lost in the Rolling Thunder review, the um, Bob Dylan episode 20. That was something. I watched it on a plane. I think I say this in the episode. And when I watch things on the plane, I'm in this weird kind of headspace where so, so where it's I'm a bit more like. Um, you're in the twilight zone. Know. You're not sure if you're yeah. awake or asleep. Yeah, so watching something like that that's got like fictional elements and stuff to it, um, which I didn't really realise until after I'd watched it and you told me. Um, it's, it's like a, a real freaky ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. So I guess it kind of pushes us into what are our takeaways from the last 20 episodes and we've already strung a few things together because I guess to give some context, we really want to kind of bring the ideas from these different things that we read and and enjoy and kind of find out how they kind of fit together and what the similarities are, what are the patterns, what 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 fits, what doesn't, and create that kind of mental network. Yeah, I think, yeah, the big – because it's in their own right, each of these books, at least for us, has a has a big impact and, you know, <laughs> The reason, the reason we're doing an episode on them is because we enjoyed it so much and thought there were some great ideas in it. And that, not every you know, book makes the episode list. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, maybe fortunately for us because <laughs> I, I just couldn't keep up with the, the recount. But so the to do, um, to do the book itself is, you know, it gleans enough you know, some, some great ideas, but to like look across all the books thematically, uh, I think you can pull some really exciting uh, things together. And so that's what we hope to do in doing this is that maybe every 10 episodes, you know, for the people that are interested, there might be some themes that will draw out to kind of almost be a, cons- uh, a summary of what, what went on from an idea perspective in the last 10 episodes. Mm. So, you mentioned Daring Greatly, Lockie, and whilst, yes, I agree with you that, you know, all these people were Daring Greatly, I think there's more in Daring Greatly than just, you know, pursuing your passion. And I suspect there's probably more in Daring Greatly as to what 
resonated with you than just, you know, doing that. Can you, can you talk more about Daring Greatly? Uh, yeah. So I think that, I mean, I guess it kind of talked about, you know, the different elements of vulnerability, shame, and how those interplay and kind of affect how you live your life, I think, um, and how you feel about yourself and how you process that kind of feedback. So to my mind, it kind of allowed me to think a bit more about I kind of put as like pushing yourself kindly. And I think that this really plays into what Stephen Pressfield talks about in The War of Art and one of the big things about some of the other people we've talked about and other ideas is that you need to, to kind of push yourself, you need to be kind of kind to yourself and just be happy with the fact that you're doing the work. Um, and it'll kind of, you, you, there is a, an illusion that you get when you read these books and watch these movies and things that it, it all kind of happens in this neat little one, you know, it feels like a one-hour packet or something where all these things happen and, you know, just kind of all worked out. Um, but the truth is that this is a, that we're talking about people's careers and lives over 40, 50 years. We love, we love a good fairy tale. Yeah. So it's a really slow churning process that, but it, for me, I was, or I was probably got a bit, I've probably got a bit more perspective after the last 10 episodes or so about how to kind of just show up and do, and do what you enjoy doing and do it as best as you can. And that's that's enough that's the success and let the rest take care of itself i think the key word there was enough you know i think one of the big yeah. things in the book she says is what is i am enough mm. is that one of her she yeah says, that's a nice little mantra to to say to yourself and it's not like i am enough so i'm not going to do anything it's it's i you know i have been enough i have i've given my best foot forward or i've i've lent in into this situation yeah, probably the Which second is- thing that I noticed throughout the whole all the books um, was just how much I, I wrote down for this episode that creativity is a team sport as a kind of idea, but then I kind of feel like it, I might might change that to kind of everything is. You know, like it seems to me that in all these, I mean, creativity is such a great book that we haven't touched on a lot yet, but. But you look at that and you look at the Dylan's tour. But then if, even if you think about Jordan and Giro and and um, even some of the stuff that's talked about in um, in Range and, and in Daring Greatly is that, you know, it, it all happens in a collective, you know, mm. and the best, the best uh, most enjoyable work happens with others sharing that journey but also the best results as well so it's a win-win yeah we are better off together the like none of none of these because we because we have discussed like some some really um i guess pedestal people in these in these last 10 episodes none of these people have done this by themselves and you know if it wasn't for the amount of collaboration that they had with others. So, for example, in range, we spoke about uh, Charles Darwin and he had like 50 pen pals 
that he would write <laughs> letters to all the time. Mm. And, you know, and if it wasn't for him having all those pen pals, he wouldn't, he, it's unlikely that he would have come up with, you know, his theory on natural selection. So even, you know, this has been a consistent theme, not just, in, you know, in our connected age, but f- for all time. Yeah. So what about you? Um, I think one of the things you were talking to me about before the episode, before we were on air, was um, just how much passion everyone has in this that we've seen to found people in the last twenty eps- in the last ten episodes that um, are really passionate about what they do. Yeah, well, I kind of touched on touched on the fact that the you know, a few minutes ago just about how they were pursuing their passion, but kind of digging into that, it's because. It's almost like for, for them, everything else flows on from follows on from the passion, and they, you know, using using the perspective of say Stephen Pressfield, you know, the War of Art, he was he was writing for twenty years or something before he even sold his first bit of writing, and this is he was writing like every day for twenty years or so, like that's a dedication to 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 the craft. And he does talk about, you know, the idea of the artist versus the professional and how you want to actually be the professional, not the kind of aloof amateur, uh, mm. which, you know, and what he means is basically show up every day. But he was showing up every day for the thing that he wanted to do every day. And the reason he was able to, the only reason he was able to do that for 20 years is because he had so much energy behind him to do that for the 20 years. Uh, you know, so it's an extreme example. Like, do you think, as career advice, follow your passion is good advice? I I think so. Now, it's not to say that you find the most niche thing that kind of impassions you, but I think if you steer yourself in the direction towards the things that resonate more with you, you know, there's there's things that we that just can't stand doing that other people love doing. For example, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to pluck something out. Like I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of uh, writing writing letters. I don't know. Whereas I'm sure there's people that love to write letters, and so that's a you know if if that's the case, then you know I'm less inclined to go into a job where I have to write letters versus someone who really enjoys writing letters might find themselves a career path that's more aligned with that you know there's people that might be passionate about environmental things and so you know if you can steer yourself towards not even necessarily like you know if you haven't got the opportunity to jump into an organization that is purely about environmental good then maybe it's an organization that sees that as a core value and then you can kind of champion something internally you know so it's like steering in the direction of and it's it, because it becomes like a stepping stone and I think it's but to like jump off the cliff and completely cut everything else off and kind of dive into it which is a very have, have you seen the documentary on Van Gogh? No. Yeah, like that's intense. Oh, it felt very intense. He was just you know, he, he was like an intense guy. Yeah, he's a very intense guy and but he, you know, he 
was doing nothing but his craft for no care for, you know, the, the realities of, you know, kind of the world around him. It was all for the pursuit of that passion. Now, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, that's, I think that's fine. But, you know, if, if, if you need to, like, I guess, so he, he, he wasn't able to support a family, for example. So if you want to have a family, then you need to be able to support a family. And so you can't, you can't be living on you know, a couple of bits of bread and, mm. and some cheese, maybe, uh, or, you know, whatever he was doing to, to get himself by. So yeah, very, it, it depends on the kind of the life, the life you wanted to lead. But I think it's, the fact is, if you are obsessed with, say, building things, then move into something that's more aligned with, say, construction or architecture or something in, in the physical world. And so I think use it as a, as a compass. Yeah, I think that's quite sound. I think the idea of follow your passion just said like that is quite, like, it's simplistic. It's too simplistic. So it's got elements of truth to it, but it doesn't quite, you, it wouldn't be good advice on its own, you know. It's not, it's not super pragmatic it's a bit idealistic and like Stephen Pressfield's an extreme example probably but also he worked a bunch of other jobs to get him in the position to do what he loved so it's not like he quit everything and said look I'm just going to sit around writing until this happens and starve to death you know um so yeah I agree I think you've kind of summarized that that quite quite well but there's something in it but you've got to be content with the outcomes that you're likely to get from what you do as well. So. Yeah. And because, because sometimes someone it's, like- o- it's okay to have a hobby too. Like it doesn't have to be your job. Sometimes it can ruin things, you know? Totally. I think there's something that gets spoken about a lot, which is like, it's actually, this was in, this was definitely in shoe dog, which we haven't discussed yet, but it was, um, you know, know when to quit. Mm. And it's not, and and that might sound a little bit kind of, you know, like you're giving yourself an excuse, but the way it gets framed in, in Shoe Dog, it's absolutely not about, you know, just when things get hard, because I guess what, what you go through when you listen to, listen to the story of Nike is, is anything, anything but uh, easy. I think they had plenty of opportunities to, to can it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a really good uh, myth-breaking story, that one, and I'm looking forward to talking about it on one of our upcoming episodes. The, the so one thing, oh, sorry, yeah, mate, have you got the, some last the, comments before we move yeah, on? Yeah, just the the other thing to bear in mind though is if you've got the person, if you're side by side with, you know, I use the example of letter writing. I don't even know where that came from, but let's 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 keep going with it. If you've got the person that loves to write letters and just that's that's what gets them up in the morning, you know, get some going versus the person who just can't stand writing letters. Even if, you know, across a period of time, even if that benefit that the person gets for the extra energy and passion that they have is 5%, it's definitely not 5%. Like it's a lot more than 5%, but let's say it's 5%. That compounds across years. And so, you know, if, if you've been in a job of letter writing for five years Versus, and absolutely love it versus someone who doesn't. You're going to be paying compounded dividends in terms of 
both your fulfillment and in terms of what you're able to do with it and where you're able to take it. Mm. It's a great way of thinking about it again across that period of time. So mm. um, I guess when we've travelled down that path at the end, uh, we're probably starting those journeys for ourselves. We'll know what the real answer is. <laughs> That's it, mate. So let's talk a bit about the podcast to kind of round out this episode. So how, how have you found it? I mean, let's kind of bit talk of more generally. <laughs> I like yeah, it. It's, it's, yeah, and also it's a bit of a reflection, isn't it? So. Well, okay. So we, we just had a look at um, some, some of the stats so we officially kicked off now, it would have been almost four months. We're coming up to four, mm -hmm. probably three and a half, just over three and a half months. Sounds uh, about right. In when we're recording this. And it's been, it's been a really exciting journey, mate. Um, we, fun, we've, ventured, we've ventured into some great territory. It's, it's been, uh, to, to be honest, like overwhelming some of the, some of the, you know, just really nice feedback we've had uh, of people enjoying it. People are really lovely, aren't they? Yeah. We really appreciate the, the support that people have given a couple of engineers trying to record a podcast. It's it's much appreciated. Yeah. And um, it's a very much, very much a learning process. So I think we've learned a lot about not just the recording side of things, but I, I am I am no social media guru and I'm still no social media guru, but I, I know a lot more than what I did when I started this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a massive learning curve and even just learning to talk to each other and trying to get better at bringing good insights and interesting listening to people has been, uh, you know, I hope that um, we're getting better as we go. I'm sure we will be better on the 100th episode than we are on the 20th. I hope um, we are. But it's, it's kind of fun um, trying new things and, and learning what works. I think we've obviously had to transition to record remotely because you now live in France. So that was interesting to try and we were just kind of getting in a really nice groove um, face to face and then we kind of had to reset and kind of figure out how to do this um, from afar. It's it is it is strange just how how different of an experience it is being in person to not being in person, and mm. you know you get this like you know most most people have had now certainly now had a conversation over over Zoom over a video conference or something, and it's it just doesn't feel quite the same. But yeah. when when we've because we're dealing with uh, the other side of the world. There's like this weird delay and it's just enough delay to, to make things <laughs> awkward. So that's been like, yeah. that's been the real kind of sticking point for trying to, trying to work through it. But it's been exciting. Like if, if you're hearing some weird silences, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not just sh shaking my head in disappointment at Lockie's last comment. <laughs> um, so I guess we've, yeah, we had a little go at the live stuff. Didn't really feel that good, so we kind of stopped that. And we've got a new idea that we're kind of playing with where we're going to do some different types of YouTube clips, um, probably 10 to 15 minutes long, that talk 
about where one of us has read something and wants to explain the idea of the book to the other person visually on uh, a Miro board, an M-I-R-O board, if you want to Google that, and have us sort of talking in the corner. And so we're kind of excited about that because it's a little bit of a something that we thought was really fun idea and it kind of mirrors a lot of the conversations we have where we'll talk about, oh, geez, I've read this. Do you want to have a listen to this or check out this idea and we'll kind of quiz each other on it. Um, and that kind of visual representation of it too is kind of a bit of new ground for us to give it a shot. Yeah, there's. I think I think the the so it's like a yeah a digital whiteboard, digital whiteboarding session That's basically. A- um, and it's almost like a, one of us is giving a lecture to the other one, um, except the the lecturer is probably going to get a little bit of um, devil's advocate played on him. I suspect a lot more heckling than a normal yeah. lecture. <laughs> I hope so. And um, <laughs> <laughs> although I have been in some uni lectures and there's plenty of heckling, <laughs> so uh, hopefully, yeah. And because the reason is, is we get to we get to cover like s- such a wide variety of ideas, but there's there's some that don't maybe get explained. Uh, super well or just get kind of gleaned over and there's some really really great ideas so we thought it'd be nice opportunity to give a little bit of a visual explanation and then you know who knows some track sometime down the future we might be able to do in-person versions of this and it'd be like a real yeah. lecture that way yeah that'd be really cool um so, so how's your relationship I, with instagram going Lockie? uh don't like instagram I'm not a big fan of it, though we're posting uh, stuff on it. I don't think we've really figured out how it works. No. Just full stop. But then I also don't think we've quite figured out how to best communicate our work through it because we really rely on these kind of long-form winding conversations that where we kind of meander through ideas and and that that platform, it's hard to kind of communicate that style of thinking there but we're working on it um and we'll keep going but i think maybe youtube's a really and obviously the audio podcast is is where we first started but we really find that the videos on youtube are getting quite a bit of traction as well and and i think they they really kind of bring particularly the ones where we're there together kind of that feeling of what it's like to be just hanging out so yeah i think across the board mate we're if you if we if we made an estimate this may be like a hundred to hundred and fifty listens or views or you know bits of consumption of our content uh probably even a little bit more than that each week and so that's that's maybe like a a figure we can come back to that's like the collective of instagram youtube and all the various podcast outlets so that's something we see can i reckon it's to. more than that i reckon it's probably more like two two fifty Okay. When you add those together. Yeah, if you, I guess if you bring the Instagram in, it's probably, yeah. All right. Because we're let's, releasing let's, those videos. Let's call it 200. All right. So 200 um, a week. Yeah, but it was interesting. Like we got kind of seven hours of watch time on YouTube last week. So people are kind of starting to have a look, which is really quite a nice feeling. Uh, so anyhow, uh, just to kind of wrap up, I mean, we'd love – any feedback that anyone can give us is much appreciated to tell us where we're going right, going wrong, anything you want more or less of. Uh, please uh, hit us up 
um, probably on Instagram is the best are in comment sections of YouTube and that sort of thing. Um, might be um, a good spot. We probably need to get an email, Ryan. But uh, we we do have an email. Do we? All right, uh, we'll throw it out there. Pod, podcast at abstractable.co. Clearly I don't check it, so you'll be yeah. talking to Ryan if you send something in. It's all right, mate. We'll get you hooked up with an email. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's – look, to be honest, yeah, anywhere, wherever wherever's easiest, yeah. hit, hit us up. If you enjoyed this episode too, like, you know, where we've touched on the various – ideas and the th- you know thematic elements from all the various episodes and you know mm. really interested to hear that feedback too so you know or Absolutely. if there's a particular type of episode like do you prefer the biographical episodes or the other ones and you know we thoroughly enjoyed talking about all of them so yeah uh and don't forget obviously this will be on youtube as well if you're only listening to this um so that's that- something we're probably not saying enough of yeah and um and Probably the other thing we would say is that if you like it, tell someone about it. That'd be awesome. So, or even don't even bother telling telling them about us. Just tell them about the book so they read it. But if you want to tell them about us too, that'd be great. But the idea of this is not so we can get a million people listening to it. It's about kind of getting some cool ideas out into the world of the stuff we really love. So, mm. um, but a little shout out books. to us that help too. We like that. <laughs> is that might be a nice place to leave it, mate. Yeah, I think we've covered enough. There's enough housekeeping there. There's enough uh, self-proclamation at the end. So let's, mm. let's give it a wrap. Let's call it. See you next time. See you, mate.